0: It's Van Morrison on 95.1 The One. It's cloudy, it's a Thursday, but uh, we have uh, a special guest in our studio, and that would be uh, Northfield's police chief, Mark Elliott. Chief, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you, Jeff. Good
1: morning. and Good morning to your listeners.
0: Well, you've had, uh, we were talking earlier to, uh, this morning with Rich that uh, you've had a busy week or two and a lot of things going on the last couple of weeks with... Uh, you know, te- te- I want to say testifying, that's not the right word, but uh, giving reports to several different government bodies, whether it be Rice County here or Northfield on a lot of different topics. So we invite Jen to, to talk about a few of those. I want to start off, if you don't mind, with uh, Froggy Bottoms. Uh, you had recommended that they not renew the liquor license uh, for uh, Froggy Bottoms at this time, and the council uh, ended up voting that way, so they uh, they were denied the liquor license. Uh, just talk a little bit about your decision uh, behind that, or your view, stand, point of view behind that, I should say. Yeah, Jeff,
1: that... Uh renewal came at a time obviously each city sets when their liquor license comes due so we were reviewing that here uh, in March and um, the owner also owns uh, Alibi Drinkery in Lakeville and um, some very widely publicized um, issues of defiance of the governor's executive orders Um, and the state licensing agency Alcohol and Gambling Enforcement Division of the Department of Public Safety um, suspended and then after continued violations of the governor's executive orders revoked their liquor license. Um, So my report was based on that and the violations that were seen there. Um, The first district court got involved in that and there were uh, court orders put in place which the owner openly defied and based on that information, i didn't feel that uh, obviously she wasn't following the law, um, our state statutes uh, judges orders from the court, and that that just doesn't fit into how we do things in Northfield here you know throughout the pandemic um, i've mentioned several times that uh, Northfielders treat each other with a lot of respect, and we have people that have differing opinions on on masking or um, on the coronavirus but what we've really seen in town here is that people care for each other and that they follow those laws, whether or not they have personal opinions or that agree with them or not, out of care for their neighbors. And I didn't see that in the actions of the owner. So I recommended that they not renew the license.
0: Now, they are, uh, from what I understand, going to reopen either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, And they they can still serve food. They still have a a, a, a restaurant license. But uh, there has been uh, chatter online about uh, the uh, availability of bringing your own uh, alcoholic beverage in and uh, having their food and a glass of wine or a beer. Uh, Is that legal? Uh, Well, it is if you have a club license
1: where people are allowed to bring their own bottle. Um, I think back in the day, those of us who are old enough can remember going to places like that, and they just served what we called setups, and mm-hmm. you brought your own bottle in, a bottle club-type license. They do not have that. They they do not have any type of liquor license at all, so they cannot serve alcohol. They cannot allow consumption of alcohol on their premises, um, so they would not
0: people would not be allowed to do that now let's say somebody would do that uh, bring in a setup or something uh, get caught doing that Uh, whose responsibility is that would that be the people who uh, the customer who brought in the alcohol or would that be the bar or would it be both so it would be both Um, Mm -hmm. if
1: and throughout my time I've seen that uh, in other bars or restaurants or you know someone sneaks a little airplane bottle into a bar with them because they're don't want to pay bar prices or whatever (laughs) um if the bar or uh restaurant if they're taking proactive actions to tell people they can't do that um to put it away or tell them that they have to leave you know that would absolve them of some of that responsibility or uh, um the legal uh possibility that they could get in trouble. Um, If they don't, if they allow that to happen, that would open up to legal liability. Um, And then the person bringing it in certainly could be cited for that as well.
0: Once again, Police Chief Mark Elliott is with us. Uh, one of the things that uh, happened in the past week is uh, the final authorization on body cams uh, for Northfield Police Department. And we're, from what I understand, uh, it would be the last, last kids on the block to get body cams as far as larger cities in uh, Minnesota. Uh, tell us about that, that. Now that you have the approval, what happens and when will we start seeing body cams on uh, Northfield Police Officers?
1: Yeah, Jeff, we're very excited about that at the police department. We, um, you, you said last kids on the block. I don't know where, that we're the very last ones, um, but we weren't picked f- first for the kickball team at school, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so we're happy that we're moving forward. We feel it is a very good way for us to be accountable and transparent um, to our community members. Um, it is a way to document the work that the officers do. It's a way for our supervisors um, to supervise in absence of those officers to be able to review how they handle calls and then um, offer training if there's something that they can do better um, or discipline if appropriate. And also an opportunity for the officers to review um, their body cam footage of how they handle calls so that they can improve. Um, uh, It doesn't get talked about a lot, but within law enforcement it does, of how, um, you know, everything from college, even high school, or pro athletes watch film to see what they can do better. How can they improve? And we see that as a big advantage of body cam, so we're very excited to have them. Um, We're going through the purchasing process right now. Um, the council at their last meeting, um, last full meeting approved the purchase. So, um, we have a signed purchase order now and we expect that, uh, sometime within the next three months, we'll take delivery of those body cameras.
0: All right. On time and actually under budget as well. I understand that, uh, the, the, the final cost came in a little less than uh, what was budgeted. It
1: did. Um, economy of scale. So I think that's helping a little bit more and more agencies have them. So uh, prices mm-hmm. come down. Technology, as we know, on everything <laughs> as time goes on. The new, the newest thing is a little more expensive, but it comes down in time. Um, but we've also seen some acquisitions uh, and mergers within the body cam, um, I guess, business merchandise, place, so businesses. Yeah, sure. So uh, that's created a little bit uh, of a bidding war between some of them um, in mm-hmm. trying to uh, meet prices or beat prices type of thing. So um, I think timing uh, worked out well for us on that, and we are able to um, come in at a good price.
0: Police Chief Elliott is with us. Uh, I also want to ask you about uh, a potential new Rice County jail. That has, uh, we've talked with Sheriff Dunn and others, uh, John Fossum, North, the uh, Rice County attorney from Northfield Here is has spoken on that. He was part of the committee uh, looking at the possibility of a new jail, and I believe you uh, gave... Uh, uh, a report to uh, the Rice County Commissioners uh, cons- with uh, your view of uh, what uh, what they should do going forward. Some recommendations. Uh, tell us about that. So yeah, so
1: the the committee that Rice County formed, um, made up of a couple commissioners and some other um, staff, some electeds um, on there as well, came forward with a recommendation to replace the jail. Um, in order to meet current uh, Department of Corrections and really community standards for what they expect for uh, a jail and the rehabilitation that we hope uh, occurs with the people who end up there. Um, And we really need to bring it into the 21st century. We're, we're pretty far behind um, with what we currently have, and that was reflected in the report and the need for the new jail. Uh, so my testimony to the commission really revolved around two things. Um, there had been some discussion about a merger with Steele County to do a joint uh, jail facility down in Steele County, um, and we do have a dispatch that is joined between Steele and Rice County. Uh, it's a joint dispatch center that works really well. But there's a lot of differences there our dispatchers um, take calls in through phone lines and they dispatch through uh, through the radio air mm. that can be done pretty remotely pretty easily. When we're talking about physical custody of a person, um, that's not so easy. (laughs) And it involves a lot of travel. So my main testimony involved the uh, detrimental impact it would have on the citizens of Northfield and the Northfield Police Department operations by increasing that travel, um, about doubling the travel time in miles. And in Minnesota in the winter, and especially that stretch of 35 is pretty dangerous, um, that it really was something that would have an adverse impact on Northfield uh, police operations. Um, in order to get somebody down there get them booked in and and get them back as well as our investigators that are frequently doing interviews at the jail a day or or two right after an arrest so it really had a a pretty big impact on it on us operationally there was also discussion about keeping a short-term jail facility in Faribault but the longer-term holding facility say after somebody's sentenced and they have to do six or nine months or up to a year in in jail um And that has an adverse impact, not so much just on the police department, more so on our community. When we look at this through an equity lens, we see that moving people further away from their support network while they're in prison really doesn't help them to get to the point that society wants them to be at. And that's rehabilitate the behavior um, that they exhibited that landed them in jail and um, have them come out ready to make uh, kind of some changes and uh, turn their life around. Um, I've done a lot of work with drug courts throughout the years and our current Rice County treatment court, um, you know, a big thing that we have there is that we provide people with positive support networks so that as they come out of treatment and start getting their life turned around, they have some positive people in their life to help them with that. So having a jail that's close and accessible so that if we have a Northfielder or even really anybody in Rice County that they have, they end up in jail, they have a support network that's close and that can get there, Um, We want to make sure they can do that. And there's not a whole lot of transportation options. There's distances that create issues with that. And then on top of that, a lot of those folks that end up in jail, that person may be a primary breadwinner for the family and support. So now the family has financial issues because that person is uh, in jail, Um, as well as relationships with, with their children or with their spouse or their loved ones. Um, Sometimes the behavior they're exhibiting that landed them in jail may have disconnected them from their family members and loved ones at that time. And a little reflection time in jail, obviously people have time to sit and think and that can change that. And we want to make sure that we can, have people that go to jail to be rehabilitated so that they can be productive members in our society. And having those close relationships is important. So I felt that it was important for us to keep the jail as local as we could so that we give those folks that end up in jail for a period of time a better chance for success when they come out.
0: Once again, Northfield Police Chief uh, Mark Elliott is with us. Uh, You also mentioned before we went on the air, you'd like to talk about hiring. Let's let's talk about hiring then. Yeah, <laughs> we you didn't know. have too much of a, a chance to chat too much before you went on the air. So yeah, you know, I ju-
1: Jeff, I mentioned that uh, well, obviously, I was a little late today, and uh-huh. I wish I had a really good excuse for it, but it was that I was just lost in thoughts because we're in the middle of a hiring process right mm-hmm. now, and we're doing interviews over uh, the next couple of days, and I was thinking about that. So we are hiring for a police officer. We have an opening, and we um, had. Uh, I believe 24 applicants. Um, our first round of interviews, we had about 20 people that took us up on an offer. Um, some other folks got hired or had some reason that they uh, dropped out. And then, um, we've narrowed that down to, I think nine for this next step. And so we're doing those interviews over the next few days and, uh, are hoping to have some good candidates come before us and, um, have someone start, um, you know, The police department does a really thorough background process um, as we go through this, so we'll identify some folks that we want to take a closer look at, do a background investigation, um, and that includes a psychological evaluation and medical evaluation of them as required by Minnesota Post Board, and then uh, get them on board. Hopefully uh, in June we have a new officer starting.
0: All right, so this will be... I'm presuming kind of an entry level police uh, department. It's not uh, you're not looking for somebody for uh, uh, with a whole lot of experience that will fill up larger role within the department.
1: Well, we would love to find someone with a (laughs) lot of experience to come in, Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, no, most of uh, our applicants are relatively new to the police profession, Um, and uh, we'll get them in the door and put them through our field training process, which lasts about six months, and then they'll spend another six months under very close supervision of our supervisors while they're working alone, Um, and then after approximately one year, they finish that probationary period, and during that entire time, we do an evaluation. Evaluation of how they're doing, how they're adapting, how their training's going, and then uh, bring them on as a permanent member after that one-year probation period.
0: All right, uh, Chief, is there anything else you'd like to mention while we have you in here? Um, this is severe
1: weather awareness week. Okay. And, uh, today at one forty-five and at six you'll hear the sirens sound locally. And it's a good opportunity that daytime one is really meant for business schools. Although during the pandemic, we have a lot of people at home. Um, but to come up with that workplace or school place plan that if we have severe weather tornado come through, where do you go in your building? That's a safe place. And that's those inner rooms with no windows that are secure. If it's a block room, that's even better um, for uh, protecting people. But we want to go to that safe place uh, during severe weather. And then we have another one at 645, and that's meant for folks at home. Uh, Make sure that everybody in the home, that your children, even the little ones, know where a safe place is to go. Again, an interior room is best. Um, Stairwells are built very sturdy in Minnesota, so those of us that have a uh, closet Um, underneath the stairwell that's a good place uh, to go and be safe Um, a lot of times lower level uh, there may be block walls in that lower level a lot of us have basements in Minnesota that's a good place Um, for those in uh, mobile homes there's a shelter in each mobile home park, uh, at least one. Um, and so knowing where those are, and so you can get there. And today is really meant to kind of be a drill for that. So if you get a chance, take the kids, show them where the storm shelter is in the house or in your area, and uh, get to a safe place, have that talk about this is what we do if there's severe weather.
0: All right. Uh, Chief, thank you so much for coming in. We certainly appreciate it, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Northfield Police Chief Mark Elliott. You're listening to 95.1 AM 1080. And streaming online, KYMN Northfield, uh, KYMN Radio.net. We've got uh, Rich back in with local news, Tim on the way as well. Here's the latest from around the state with the Minnesota News Network.
1: In conjunction with Severe Weather Awareness Week, there will be two statewide tornado drills today. The first at 145 this afternoon, the second this evening at 645. Kevin Reed is Deputy Director of